Um, Father, we love you very much, and we thank you for this opportunity to come together and to talk about your word and subjects. And But Lord, I thank you that um, most of all what defines us is Jesus Christ and the gospel. And there is a couple of common um, principles that we believe in, trust in with all of our soul, God in the flesh, and lived a perfect life, and was after our sins and rose again on the third. And so God, we um, share these values that your word is totally true, and everything that we want to study it to know you better, better to live lives that bring glory to you. God, would you help us with that? And Lord, as we wrestle, as we talk, is inevitably, I, I just know many opposite opinions on this very subject, love and open-mindedness. We'll all be willing to admit submit this entire study to you in Jesus' name. All right, well, um, as we uh, are about to go into these questions, I just want to remind you of a few things. I know many of you, again, very, very, very well in this room, and I know that the not just the principles, but the practice of this issue um, varies, and even looking at every single table, <laughs> um, there are various practices and principles um, uh, at each table, and I know that the desire of everyone in this room is to uphold God's word, so um, we really, really love making things awkward, and we enjoy that. It's a wonderful thing, and uh, you may not agree with me, or you may agree with me. You may not agree with Mark, you may agree with Mark, but our, our desire is to be faithful to God's Word, to live holy lives that are pleasing to God. I know that's your desire, so we just always want to say, oh, let's keep a spirit of love, and, and I know that for some of us, this subject especially becomes passionate on both sides of the equation, and uh, we just want to have a spirit of love and everything. Amen? Amen. Amen. So let's go through some of the questions, and we need a volunteer um, uh, spokesperson at each table, and so we're going to start with... Um, this lovely table here. Are you the spokeswoman? I am. Awesome. All right. So the question was, check all the ones that you agree, agree with and briefly explain your answers. And uh, what were some of the various uh, perspectives represented at your table? Yeah, give me a couple of examples of stuff that you guys are on the same page about. If you want to poke and be especially, you know, provocative. That's I agree that, uh, you know, but, you know, that's just a, talked about um, sensitive. And God provided for alcohol and question on that. We're not sure the word encouraged, but it was a part of um, celebration at the wedding and that part of thing. But we don't mind what drink. I put a smiley face at God plans on full-aged wine. I didn't put a check mark there. I have no idea, but very well could. <laughs> and it will be well-aged. <laughs> All right, what about your table? I'll just we just want right? We're going to skip you. And we'll go. <laughs> okay, you can <laughs> uh, You know, I don't know. And cause to stumble. I don't think you should. Some might want to. <laughs> should drink it. Because they're an example. You're setting them apart. So I. Strongest agreement was. And I, on both of these first two. Not quite sure about the so we spent some time exploring that a little bit uh, well it's an isaiah i'm sorry i don't know it's in there this is smith i think <laughs> <laughs> you're spies and you're about to go for air so. <laughs> uh, you have all in public that's what i put and i agree to disagree you're also representing the church so that it's up to the but it came up with the verse first three 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 oh uh, but talked about god provided for alcohol and encourages absolutely everything, whether or not he's... Uh, so, two questions I want to briefly touch on, uh, and this is for anybody. Um, alcohol, inherently bad. Neutral, like, crack cocaine would be inherently bad. Sexuality would be inherently good. And then, Pepsi is inherently neutral. So, where would you put alcohol? Inherent <laughs> value. Alcohol in and of itself is not... If you're drinking... So, a few good things. Yeah. So, is it, though, inherent? <laughs> well, because of the... Idea. The interesting comment was that uh, perhaps we couldn't consider it neutral because it has an addictive nature to it. Well, anything can be addictive. <laughs> anything in excess could be uh, bad. 
Uh, I'm thinking that um, are among those who would say God has created everything in creation. That hard to argue that. However, said I think a lot of. Uh, I apply that standard to sexuality. I think one of the things that I want to challenge all of you on, whether you whichever side of the equation you land on, um, if there's a biblical or rational principle, you have to be able to apply it to every area. So if <laughs> every time there's a baby, I think my baby's in the room, and I get distracted. Um, and. Uh, <clears throat> Yes, and one of the things that I want to be very careful to do, and I have no hesitation to offend you, I'm a, um, but uh, I really want to play devil's advocate with some of you on each side of the coin because um, there are some principles that we uphold that we don't apply to the rest of our life um, on both sides of the equation. And so to be biblically consistent, to, to build our theology and our practice, not necessarily totally on uh, reference, but on biblical principles, is so important for this issue. So we're going to let Mark uh, develop a robust understanding. Of, cool. I want to hear you talk. All right. Then we'll, uh, we'll, we'll come back at the back end then also um, to be able to talk about that. We'll open your Bibles up to uh, John chapter 2. John chapter 2. John chapter 2. So in our time together here today, um, a couple things that I want to... Um, focus on uh, as we go through our time in, in the God's Word is really, I'll make some opening comments, and then uh, uh, the outline that I want to follow is, uh, I love this question, um, is, come on, wasn't it really just grape juice? <laughs> um, and then, uh, what observations can we make uh, as to the use of alcohol in the Scriptures? Okay, my goal here is to give you, interestingly enough, uh, three dimensions, my goal is to give you um, a dimension of, of, of negative, dimension of neutral, and a dimension of positive. That'll poke on everybody. <laughs> is there a, uh, and then I, you know, I, I want to come up a higher level then. Okay? I want to come up a little higher level and, and talk about what, what, what I'll consider a biblical framework for navigating these kinds of issues. Okay? And, and I want us to... To, to execute and kind of wrestle through the principles because the principles, like Michael said earlier, are going to probably kind of, you know, poke each one of us in this room some way, some shape, or somehow. And then last but not least, I want to uh, land in some conclusions. So as we go through our time together, be it in the uh, uh, looking at God's Word or whether it's in the uh, biblical framework, if you would, with your pencil, kind of on the side, when you, when you see a biblical principle, kind of mark it off and write it down. Because I want to come back to that at the end, okay? And I want to get that from each of you as we've gone through this time together. Fair enough? Okay? So, introductory comments. A couple things here. Uh, uh, our worldview, our perspectives, and our convictions are really built around three things. And we're going to go through all three things here very quickly. Um, but, but I do want to say that the history of the, of the church in general, through, throughout most of, uh, of history, um, uh, w- would not see uh, drinking as, a, as an issue. Not see drinking as an issue. Um, before they had the ability to, uh, you know, um, keep wine from fermenting, and, you know, uh, refrigeration and other things. Um, those are things that uh, just existed. It was the way it was. Um, secondly, um, I think it's important to, to, make, a, to, to make a point that whatever um, God calls good, Satan, our adversary, um, uh, uses to twist and to, 
and to um, accomplish His purposes versus God's purposes in our lives. And so I think it's an important point at the front end of our time together to make those two very clear statements, okay? Um, we are, our worldview, um, our perspectives and our convictions are built around three things. First of all, our personal experience. Maybe you have grown up in a home uh, or possibly around uh, a home where uh, that had an alcoholic in it, and that alcoholic wreaked havoc in that home. Um, if you haven't ever been in one um, and tasted the, the, the dead fruit that comes from that experience, oh my goodness, it is life-changing in your perspective. Okay, So understand that people who, who might have a perspective on this uh, in that way, have real, tangible things they've navigated in their lives as a result. Uh, second is you may personally have struggled with alcohol as to its addictive nature. It does have an addiction built into it that, like anything, uh, that can become an addiction. Uh, an addiction is where it becomes, it has mastery over you, okay? It has mastery over you. So our personal experiences. Second is our personal culture. Our personal culture, you want to write these, the, the, fill in the blanks here, um, but maybe your parents not only abstained from alcohol, but actually taught you that um, drinking was evil. Uh, it was a sin. One of the things that I want to poke on is, you know, you have, uh, how do you reconcile that with, you know, I'll call it uh, absolutely godly uh, believers in Christ in other parts of the world, Europe, Germany, wherever, Okay, that, 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 that drinking alcohol is, is a part of their substance. It's a part of their culture. It's a part of who they are. And they are godly people and, uh, and, and, and serve alcohol with most meals. And, and the question here is, what is our tradition? What does our background, our culture teach us? Um, for myself, it was that drinking actually was bad. Drinking was bad um, as I grew up overseas. Um, okay. Um, our personal culture, our own personal, our, our own pursuit, and our own decisions. So, our own pursuit and our own decisions. Um, wh- where do you land personally on this? Why do you land where you land personally on this? This is this. These classes are about trying to go and and push into the scriptures and ask ourselves, do do how, why we believe the way we do? Is it built on our own? Uh, Thinking, or is it built uh, around the scriptures? And we want to become biblical, bi- biblical people. We want the scriptures to uh, to give us a, a, a clear ability to understand what's good, what's not good, and how to navigate those things in this world. Right? That's what that's our goal. Um, what else do we view as taboo in our lives? Name some. As a, as a Christian, rated R movies. Okay, smoking. Cards, gluttony, okay? What was it? Dancing. Dancing. Man, just keep them coming. <laughs> Sounds like we have some passion around these things. <laughs> Michael, we got to put all those on the next steps, okay? <laughs> huh? Okay, secular music. Secular music, good. Huh? Tattoos. We're going to deal with that one. Okay, good. So these are all things we might view as, quote, taboo. Um, another way to think of taboo is, is things that, you know, um, that we have convictions around that shouldn't do. Yeah? Okay? So what does God word, God's word say about it? I love this one here, right? Please no alcohol behind this point. Thank you. Uh, trying to keep the saints sober. <laughs> I love that one. That's a great one. 
All right, what, come on, wasn't it really just grape juice? So why the prohib, prohibitions against drunkenness when one can only get drunk through, through wine or, or, or strong drink um, and not grape juice? I mean, if it was just grape juice, why the, why the, why the um, prohibition against getting drunk? You can't get drunk with uh, grape juice. <laughs> okay? Secondly, uh, the wine at the wedding of Cana. Let's look at this in chapter, uh, John chapter 2, verse 10. You know, most of you know the story. Um, uh, uh, there was a wedding that Jesus and his disciples, verse 2, were invited to. And, and, he sa- and, and what happens is, um, verse 3, uh, they gave all the wine out. They gave all the wine out. And, his, and Jesus' mother, Mary, came to him and said, Help! <laughs> okay, help! So, so there just happened to be seven um, big big uh, uh, containers for holding water for purification uh, ceremony. And, 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 uh, and Jesus basically said, okay, go get, uh, go get water, fill these up. And, and as they took and actually brought the water out of those containers, they, it, it, it became wine. It, was, it, was, it just became wine. This is the first miracle ever that, that Jesus does. And they took it to the head waiter there, and he said, the head waiter says, um, by the way, this is 120, 180 gallons of wine uh, uh, for, for, for any wedding, okay? <laughs> that, 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 that's enough to flow pretty quickly, okay? <laughs> and, and, and this was after they'd already finished the wine that they were already into, let's put it that way, okay? Fair? Everybody with me? Okay? So he says, every man sets out the good wine first, then the guests have drunk freely uh, the poor wine. But you have kept the good wine until now. So the head waiter is saying, my goodness, this is good stuff. This is, this is the real thing. How would you pull that one off? And, and only, it says only the people who were with him that saw it happen knew what happened. Okay? Well, why would that uh, be so key. The, the verb translated drunk freely here is almost always used of getting drunk. Um, and, and what's fascinating here is that the, the reason why a man brings out the poor wine later is because the good wine has, num- has already numbed the senses somewhat. Already numbed the senses somewhat. So, they, what? They, they, they just wouldn't notice. <laughs> wouldn't notice that it's that way. Okay? Fair enough? All right? Uh, also at Pentecost, we looked at this last week with speaking in tongues in chapter two um, of, of of Acts, and and what and after the, they were speaking in tongues, what did the people say of them? Do you remember? They're drunk. They're drunk. It's nine o'clock in the morning. <laughs> okay, <laughs> not too many people are doing that at nine o'clock in the morning. Okay, they said they're, they're flowing with quote sweet wine. Sweet here just absolutely just means fresh wine. As opposed to stale wine, they're flowing with the real stuff. Okay, <laughs> that's that's the got, that's the idea here. Um, so if it were grape, if it were just grape juice, that wouldn't even be an issue. It'd be kind of like saying, you know, um, at nine o'clock in the morning they're drinking orange juice and they're getting drunk. <laughs> okay, no, you can't. It's it's not. Okay, so uh, it, no, it wasn't just grape juice. And there's two words um, for uh, wine. Uh, w- one is. Um, one is wine, and one is strong wine. Another is strong drink. Uh, both, both uh, one, the, the latter would be more like a, a harder uh, a level of alcohol um, than, than, than others. So, um, Pentecost. 
Um, so some negative uh, scriptural uh, observations. Uh, Proverbs chapter 20, verse 1 says, Wine is a mocker, strong drink a brawler, and whoever is intoxicated by it is not wise. So what's the, uh, what, what does intoxicated then mean? Being drunk. Okay, so we're going to come back to this issue, and I want to wrestle with this issue at the end of our time with Michael. What does it mean to be drunk? I mean, how do you, how, how do you, how do you gauge that, that fine line? Okay? Uh, Proverbs 21.17, heavy drinking and gluttony are equally condemned. Equally condemned. Um, in 1 Samuel 1.14, that, that's the passage, remember when Eli saw Hannah praying in the temple, and her lips were moving, right? And, and, she, and he says, yes, how long have you been on the bottle? <laughs> in so many words. You know, why are you drunk uh, at this time? Okay. Uh, um, turn with me to Isaiah 5. Isaiah 5. Isaiah 5, verse 11 and 22. Would somebody read that out loud, uh, really loud for everybody? Isaiah 5. Verses 11 and 22. Go ahead, anybody? Okay, so a very clear admonition to uh, um, don't become a hero in getting drunk. <laughs> right? That's the, don't become a warrior in drink, getting drunk. That's the point. All right? Uh, drunkenness is condemned there. Ephesians 5.18, we're going to deal with that later. But it says do not get drunk with wine. Okay? First uh, Timothy three three and three eight. Uh, here's that passage that somebody mentioned earlier, where it, where Paul in, encourages Timothy about elders and deacons in the church, um, and interestingly enough, in, in Titus, women who want to be role models do not uh, be addicted to wine. Do not be addicted to wine. Do not let wine have mastery in your life. Okay. Some neutral observations. Uh, Genesis fourteen eighteen. Uh, Abraham comes back from uh, war and he comes to Melchizedek who's a figurehead of Christ. Um, the one who was before the, um, the, the, the Jewish Mosaic Covenant and, 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 and extends beyond that from a priest um, just like Christ did. And, and, and he comes and, he, and, and, and Melchizedek offers to Abraham uh, bread and, and wine. Um, Nehemiah, <laughs> you all should be you all should know about this one, okay? Michael talk, taught about it, right? Uh, Nehemiah was what to the king? Cutberry. So, do you think that he might have had to drink it? <laughs> well, yeah. And it didn't kill him, okay? <laughs> um, but he drank it, and uh, he was the taster of the wine. And in fact, chapter 2, verse 1, it says, um, in so many words, and it was the time when you could put it, it was the time when wine was ready to flow freely <laughs> that he tasted the wine uh, before Artaxerxes, okay? Um, Esther, uh, Esther uh, drank wine uh, with, with the king. Um, Job's family drank wine. Uh, Daniel speaks of drinking wine as a blessing after a time of fasting. In chapter 10, he had just come off the back end of the, these incredible visions and, and he hadn't eaten for three weeks and uh, and he said, you know, um, I had I hadn't yet gotten to the point of of of, of tasting and experiencing uh, 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 richer food and wine, um, which which he looked forward to, if you would. Um, Matthew nine, a lot of the G- Jesus' parables are, are deal with wine, whether it's wine, wine dressing, uh, wine vin- uh, uh, wine uh, skins and vineyards. Um, 
And then Paul and Timothy says, and most, most people quote this one, right? Um, you know, take a little wine for your stomach's sake. So th- th- that's the point that there's, uh, um, you know, the water wasn't the greatest, but he included, he, he asked him to drink wine instead of the water. From a positive perspective, so let's deal with this one. For Deuteronomy 14, 26, I put it in here. I actually wrote it out here so you could see it. It implies that a good th- it is a good thing to drink wine and strong drink to the Lord. Fascinating. Fascinating. He says, um, the passage, by the way, is talking about tithes. And he's saying that if you can't get to the temple, take your tithe and, in so many words, um, take care of the Levites that are in your town. But after that, blow it as unto the Lord by buying this and having a, a party as unto the Lord. <laughs> okay? And he says, and you may take that money and spend it on whatever your heart desires, for ox and sheep, wine, or strong drink, or whatever your heart desires. And there, shall, and there you shall eat in the presence of the Lord your God and rejoice you and your household. Fascinating. Psalm 4.7 compares joy in the Lord with the abundance of wine. Joy in the Lord. Psalm 104 and Hosea, God credit, credits God as the creator and the provider of wine that makes man's heart glad. Glad. Um, Proverbs 3.10 Honoring the Lord with, one, Lord with one's wealth is rewarded with the blessings of abundant storages that would, quote, be filled with wine. Seen as a good thing. Song of Solomon. Love is repeatedly compared to wine. Smooth wine. Good wine. Um, uh, uh, there. Turn with me to Isaiah uh, 25. Uh, this is the one that uh, Jan was mentioning. Quite fascinating. Uh, Isaiah 25. Um, would somebody uh, very loudly read at, read verses uh, six through? Um, let's go. Let's go six through nine out loud. Wow. So let me ask you a question. What's the context? The passage gives us clarity of the context. When's this going to happen? Establishment of the eternal ages. Trish says others. So let's say it might be the millennium or the marriage supper of the Lamb. Uh, what would indicate that that wouldn't be the case? What, is, what, has, what has transpired, what has uh, tra- been transformed that um, would still be true in the, in, the, uh, in the millennial kingdom? No more death. Wow. No more death. No more death only happens in chapter 20 of Revelation. No more death. So this is a time that is in the eternal state, that we would call heaven on earth, okay? And it's after the thousand-year kingdom, okay? And, and fascinating. It says, the Lord is going to prepare this lavish banquet with not just a wine, but well-aged wines, okay? And fine well-aged wines um, for his people. So, he's, so somehow, he's, he, I mean, this is something he says, he, he doesn't give it to them to say, Oh man, that's 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 really. I don't, I'm not looking forward to that. <laughs> he gives it to them for what? Hope for them to look at, look look forward to somehow. And everybody in here thinks the opposite is going. Oh my goodness! <laughs> Whoa, this is kind of rocking my boat a little bit, you know. Um, so um, uh, I, I think I think I think Dale hit a nail on a head, and I want to go back to it earlier. Which was, um, so, did, was there fermentation 
or would have there been fermentation in the Garden of Eden? That's that's really the question at the end of the day you were getting at. Yes. Right? And you say what? I, I, I would concur with that. There would have been fermentation in the Garden of Eden. There wasn't death, okay, of, of, of animal kingdom, okay, but there would have been. Absolutely. And so if, it, if there was, then somehow this process of aging connected with that somehow would have been not a bad thing, not a neutral thing, but according to God, he said he made all things what? Good, very good. So the processes and all the things that existed at that time had to be, quote, very good. And if, and if this whole world's about, like, the redemption of souls and the redemption of this world and the universe as we know it, and he's going to take it back to, quote, Eden, paradise lost, then it only stands to that that is something he says to look forward to. Interesting. Okay, let's keep going. So um, how do we how do we navigate all this? So let me let me put some framework together in how we might think. There's a few questions that are still outstanding here in how we want to go at looking at this. First of all, how do I balance my freedom in Christ with my love for other people? How do I ma- balance my freedom in Christ with my love for other people? The polarized dimensions when people maybe walked in this room, okay, uh, that exist in the church are these. For some, alcohol is off-limits, period. Period. End of story. That's the way it is. And they have absolutely strong and, and good reasons for, uh, and convictions about that. Um, for others, they believe that alcohol is a gift by, given by God, um, and, and it's to be enjoyed. And in moderation, yet to be defined word, um, is a way to celebrate life, relationships, and food. Um, so the real question that still remains is, how do we as Christians live together and love each other if we have a difference of opinion on this matter? That's the point. That's the point. So we just talked about like where we're at. Now, how do we go from where we're at to where we need to be? Each person at every table, how you think about this from a biblical perspective. Okay, you ready to go? Okay. Um, so let's, let's go to Galatians chapter 5, verse 1. Galatians chapter 5, verse 1. Would somebody read that out loud? Okay. So it's for freedom that Christ has set us free. Stand firm and do not let yourselves be burdened again by a yoke of slavery. Uh, The the NIV says, um, Jesus set you free. Don't let anyone else enslave you with rules that would be religious rules or legalistic rules. Okay. Legalistic rules. So what was going on with the Galatians here was they had Judaizers who um, wanted to say, you know, Christ is okay, but, you, but it's only Christ plus um, all these things that come from Judaism, you know, circumcision, all the, all the feet, all the foods, and the, and the way you eat, and all those things. You've got to do those still, okay? And, and, and Paul in Galatians is, the, the message is, you are free in Christ, well, how does, how does being free in Christ and in Jesus um, balance with um, uh, uh, these, uh, these things? Are people that have strong convictions in these areas yet? We didn't say those strong convictions, by the way, yet were wrong or right yet. We just said they have strong convictions. Back to how we started this whole time together, we said those strong convictions 
came as a result of multi, a multi-dimensional, a lot of different things, right? So we're all here in this room in process of getting to where Christ wants us to think rightly about these things. And that's hopefully what this will help us do. Um, look at verse 13. Somebody read that out loud. Okay, so his whole point here is don't use your freedom as a license to sin, whatever that is. Whatever that is, don't use your freedom to sin as a license to sin. Okay? Uh, indulge the sinful nature rather than serve one another in love. Turn to Ephesians 5, verse 18. This is the one that we talked about earlier. Ephesians 5, 18. Somebody want to read that out loud real Okay, what does debauchery mean? What, does, it, does New American have a different word there? Dissipation or debauchery. What does that mean? What makes it, what, what makes it dissipation or debauchery? What is it? Good. Is the, is the fact that it controls you the issue? This is an important point. Or is it something else? Go ahead. Which we're going to get to next. Yep. Um, non-carousing. Not in carousing. Yeah, that's that's, that's, that's a, right there. <laughs> Not in carousing and drunkenness. Yep. That. Yep. So you think about this, okay? When when your mind is mastered by something else, okay, alcohol, everybody knows it does one of two things. <laughs> Lips are loosed, right? And and it, and and it opens the door to allow what is in the heart to come up in actions, thinking, or words. Is that fair? And so it's, it actually reveals from within one's character. And so if one's character is not godly, it's sinful, then sinful actions and sinful thoughts, sinful words might come as a result of that. Fair? Okay. So his point here is to not allow it to obtain mastery or, or controlling influence in, in your life. Instead, be filled with the Holy Spirit. Romans 14, let's turn to that passage. Romans 14. Romans 14, 13 through 23. Romans 14, 13 through 23. I put it up here. You can read it from here too. Therefore, do not let us judge one another anymore. Interesting. So wherever you land... Okay, uh, his point here is, um, as long as you have a biblical reason tied into this, he said, don't, be in, don't stand in judgment of one another on this issue. Um, but rather determine this, not to put an obstacle or stumbling block in a brother's way. I know and I'm convinced in the Lord Jesus that nothing, nothing is unclean. He doesn't say, not, he doesn't say everything is good, but he does say nothing is unclean. Okay? Um, but, it is, but to him who thinks anything is to be unclean, to him it is unclean. For if because of food and I put in parin or alcohol, okay, your brother is hurt, you are no longer walking according to love. Do not destroy with your food or alcohol him for whom Christ died. Therefore do not let what is for you a good thing be spoken of as evil. For the kingdom of God is what? Not eating things, not drinking things or not, Okay, but righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. For he who is, for he who in this way serves Christ is acceptable to God and approved by men. So that's the connection point. What's the application? So okay, therefore, let us pursue the things which make for peace and the building up of one another. Do not tear down the work of God for the sake of food or alcohol. Right? 
all things, all things indeed are clean, he says, but they are evil, not clean, for the man or the person who eats and gives offense to their conscience. Okay, follow me? Alright, verse 21. It is not good to eat meat or drink or drink wine or to do anything by which your brother stumbles. I didn't add that one in. <laughs> Paul added that one in, okay? Um, or to do anything which your brother stumbles. The faith which you have, have as your own conviction before God. Happy is he who does not condemn himself by drinking alcohol or whatever he proves. But he who doubts is condemned if he eats or drinks alcohol that because of his eating or drinking is not from faith or trusting God, um, leaning fully into him, um, and whatever is not from faith is sin. Okay? Right. Let's move on. First uh, Corinthians chapter 8. Um, let's just turn there real quick, cut back a couple chapters. First Corinthians chapter 8. Um, the context here um, uh, is that uh, we have a, a, a number... In Corinth, obviously, they had a lot of, uh, of uh, practice around um, idol worship. Diana of the... I mean, uh, in Corinth, they had uh, every kind of idol. And they would, uh, in, their, in their paganism, they would, they would sacrifice meat to idols. And then you get in the... Uh, you go to the, uh, <clears throat> the uh, market, and uh, you know it's good meat. It's free meat. I mean, it's very cheap meat. And uh, if you don't ask too many questions, you would never know. <laughs> okay? But, but it was offered to I- idols. Okay? And so, uh, verse 9 says here, look at verse 9. <clears throat> he says here, But take care lest you allow this liberty, this freedom of yours, the freedom to go ahead and eat meat, because that idol it was offered to, he says up above, is nothing. Only God is everything. And, and an idol is nothing. So, whether it was offered or not offered to an idol, really doesn't matter. Except for those people who are come out of that and still think it is something. That are believers and they haven't come to a conclusion on this and are working through it. That's the idea of the weaker brother. The person who's got a strong conviction on this may not be the right conviction yet, okay? But they are still working through it. And, and he says in verse 9, um, Take care lest you allow your liberty of thinking around this subject, okay, somehow becoming a stumble block to the one who has convictions on it. Verse, 13, verse 12. Um, and thus, by sinning against your bro- brother, you wound their conscience when it's still weak, and you sin against Christ. Therefore, verse 13, if, and I circled the word if, if food or drink, okay, Causes my brother to stumble, I will never eat meat or drink alcohol again. That I might not cause my brother to stumble. Okay? So, the issue here is, this, is to seek the good of others and to live in our lives to love one another. Okay? And our, our um, example on this um, is Christ. Philippians 2, if you remember, says, Do nothing, nothing in our lives because we think it's free. Because we're free in it. He says, do nothing in our lives... Uh, out of just, I want to serve myself. Uh, as we become believers and we're in the body of Christ, now it's about other people are more important than us. And so, regard one another as more important than ourselves and have this attitude in, in you where that was in Christ Jesus that He sacrificed Himself. He laid down His life in glory and came here to serve. Serve us. Okay? So, conclusions. Some conclusions. Um <clears throat> Maybe as I'm wrapping this up, I'll invite Michael up here. Um, so, 
uh, before we, I give you these, um, you've brought up some ideas and principles you've written down. Just real quickly, what, what are some of the things we, we have to use as attributes or things to navigate this whole area? What are some things? Quick. Just say it out loud. Real, real loud. Real loud. Love. Love must rule. Okay, good. What else? Control. What about control? We have Self-control, okay? Self-control matters. Okay, good. What else? Yes, well, let's talk about that in a second. What, the point of being drunk and what does that mean? I'm going to let Michael handle that one. No. <laughs> um, what else? Pardon me? Motives of your heart. Yeah, you guys brought that one up over there. Anything else? Sacrifice. Sacrifice for one another. Okay, what else? So the point there is you may have a ver- real clear point that perspective, biblically, that you know this is a good thing, but you choose maybe to do something different. Okay, that's... Point, good point. Um, I put here, you know, that we uh, we've become free in Christ. Um, I said, don't cause a weaker brother to sin. Uh, serve one another. I also put here, experience and anticipate the goodness of God that He has planned and all that He's planned for us. We talked about that in Isaiah. That's that's a that's a key. that verse alone in in this study has changed my thinking somewhat, somewhat, quite a bit actually. Um, so I thought that was really good. So just in closing, let me hit this, and then we'll have a wrap-up real quick, okay? So the key biblical principles, I think there's two of them here, okay, that wrap up what we've talked about. Freedom, okay, is always much harder to navigate than laws and rules. Rules and laws. Freedom is much harder to navigate. You're free in Christ. Really? <laughs> I mean, I, I mean, I got I to gotta discipline my own self? <laughs> yeah! <laughs> Freedom is hard to navigate, okay? And uh, if we drink alcohol, here you go. If you can drink alcohol for the pleasure of the king, then raise a toast and go for it. <laughs> okay? If you can drink alcohol for, to please, and in so doing, please God, what does that mean? Not sin, not cause a brother to stumble, not do whatever, okay? Then, then raise a toast and in God. Okay? Um, and last but not least, but always remember, our freedom in Christ ends when our behavior to harm when our behavior, behavior begins to harm our personal relationship with the Lord and or other people. Um, and last but not least, um, our lives must be all about love and balance. Love God with all your heart. Um, love people with all your heart sacrificially. We talked last night. Uh, Kevin talked about this, sacrificial love, right? And uh, allow that love, that sacrificial love, to guide our decisions and our behavior. Let's do a wrap on some of these questions and come back to the drunk, the drunkenness one here. We've got about ten minutes, and uh, I know the, I know the question that I'm going to get, so I'll just answer right now. Is is Mike? Where do you land on some of this stuff? And um, it's interesting. I'll tell you a brief story. I grew up in a home where everybody drank. On issue, never saw my family anybody ever drunk. Best friends were the were the pastors. Uh, their dads were the pastors of the church. very large church. It was a conservative. Um, the pastors, um, we'd, we'd go to their house and they would have wine and beer. And um, there were elder boards in our denomination who would have elder meetings over cigars and scotch. And that was um, part of the culture I grew up in. So when I came to um, Village Church, just attending here, I, I, I did not understand. <laughs> um, I, had, I had categories. Just so you know. Um, Many in this church are actually caricatures in other churches as jokes, and which is, for better or for worse, it is, you know. So I'm like, wow, these people really exist. And some of you actually, like, have had some interesting, especially in my early years here, had some interesting rub in, like rubs with me where we battle some of these ideologies out. But 
Um, uh, it was, and then what I actually saw happen was, uh, as I got to, I'm like, why is there all this secret behavior happening? You know, and what are the biblical principles? And what I found as I got older and as we started to see, um, is that I can think of about off the top of my hand three as a, as a substance that uh, has a very different perspective. By and large, not totally. But, um, and this has actually been a point of contention. There is huge um, culture. So it's been interesting for me to just kind of engage this whole issue with our church. And there are things I'm not allowed to say. You know, I'm supposed to say, and that you know, but I don't really want. To. Um, I think where, where I land at the end of the day is that alcohol is akin sexuality. God has created it somehow, and he has communicated Sin takes everything that is good in Christ to abuse it or to use it with false motives and false ways. The hesitation um, that I would, I would, that is powerful, uh, causes us much joy, causes us much harm, amen. So anything that has any kind of potential, why we really want a sexual arena, so, them so they can think biblically. Um, and so... My whole background came at this looking at it from a positive perspective. Distinctions between pastors and lay people. The idea that pastors have a different standard as Christians was weird to me. Higher meaning that we, like, sin publicly, there's a large question, I think, in terms of totally off kilter to me. Um, and so if, if we say a pastor should not drink by principle, um, then the principle is Christians should not drink. Um, and if a pastor is free to drink, now, should they that's a pair of freedoms that I have at the Village Church that I some that I do use, but I'm used to. And uh, some of you know exactly what I'm talking about. You came from maybe a Catholic background or a Lutheran background, and you come to a non-Bible church, and it's a trip. You never knew there were so many rules, right? And, uh, yeah. And, and there aren't. Yeah. Well, there, uh, there aren't, but there, there are. are. Let's be honest, right? Yeah. Um, if, I, if I got up and said, hey, after um, church today, right, how many of you would be jammed? Well, you would be. Don't raise your hand, but you would be, you know? Even though I technically, I do have the freedom to Christ. Now, should I, is that loving and serving? What I really want to do, I think, largely is, is lay out some principles that guide us, and in love, how do we engage each other? That's challenging, <laughs> no doubt. Um, so as I, I, I wanted you guys to get an understanding of me. My heart in this is very simple. I have no desire to protect our ads, a extra biblical rule, godliness, you assault the gospel. Um, so if you, this is the tendon, like just sin, right? Sin will make us define godliness different than God does. And sin will make us look at my brother or my sister and say, you do that, you're your worst thing. So I think we need to be very careful, and, and some people get one, wonder why I get so heated about talking about this issue, because it's a gospel issue. Who were who were the people who had rules, Pharisees, right? And they cause people to stumble, and you detract from Christ's righteousness. The question that still stands: Should we? Right. But I just want to make sure that we understand that um, from a civil perspective, not everybody comes from the same place. Now, questions we want to deal with here. Um, is alcohol bad, neutral, or good? After hearing Mark talk intrinsically, let me define this term. Bad is something God calls bad. Good is something God calls good. Neutral is something God does not mention. So, um, conscience question for you. If Jesus came over to your house uh, and said, I brought some wine, will you drink with me? I mean, really, you know? I mean, that's, isn't that a tough question, right? Yeah. And if, and, but on the other hand, right, if there are some people who, if they came over, Jesus would never cause them to stumble, and is so wise and discerning. And uh, I think the issue is stumbling here. Some people think that stumbling means to make somebody upset. Not it. To stumble means I'm putting sin and I'm encouraging sin. That's very different. That's very different. And I think we think size freedom that upsets somebody, we're causing them to stumble. So, um, so we, it's good. What does it mean to be drunk? This is my, I'm excited. John Thomas. Can I say something? <laughs> yes. I love the iPhone. Sorry. The act of squandering. So true. Downhill. Like it just John, have you experienced this? <laughs> 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 yeah. 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 Can I just say something? Because I really feel like, God, like with no we'll hand in. Yeah, we'll talk about that. To be, I personally, like, I... Um, 
uh, sexual, heterosexual. There are many people whom God has given us a body, but they have some from God in their sexuality. Reaction to somebody of the opposite sex, they, they remain absent, and that is so hard. And sin has caused us uh, to take good things, and obviously there's a, and, 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 and there's a sense in so many levels that should it be like that for John and for many in this room? John, and we understand that sin is sin, and it's real, and it's life of a fallen world. We are going to serve each other as much. What else? What is drunkenness? How do you define that? Yeah. 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 Back to that dissipation issue. Yeah. Yeah. I don't hear. I, that's why I don't. Do, I, I, that's my more well, um, yeah, man. Oh, sorry. Just real quick. Good point. Yeah. Have to try to wrap here. Some families to do that, and that's really spirits leading your family. At the same time, like you said, we have to teach our kids. To, and we may have a family conviction. We also, have to be able to discern the difference between family. Also, is if your conscience does not allow you to drink, right? not at all. Um, if you sense even 1% that you might be causing somebody to genuinely... The goal here is, is love. And again, you may not agree with me, and I'm, I'm not going to go to the hilt on this, and, and I haven't even divulged whatever practice or lack thereof that I have. Um, I want to make sure we think... So we need to pray and um, go to church. It's about to start. Uh, all right, Father, thanks for um, the discussion in here. I thank you, God, for all things that you've created. And just confess, we're sinners. We are so stupid. Uh, so many of your good... God, may Christians um, be known for love and for self-control. God, we want to be a people not say uh, self-control who God, who are also able to bring that is through abstinence or through self have motives to bring. God, may this discussion just push. Out. If there's anywhere that Mar or anyone in this room are not right on in our principles or our pragmatic. Amen. We'll be back in here next week. By the way. <laughs>